hey, I'm Rutledge. And, and Connor's still giving me the silent treatment, so you're just going to have me here tonight, everyone. Hope you're coming out. It's Tuesday night. It's 8 o'clock. It's Friendstream Sports, Rutledge's first solo show. So pretty excited about tonight, but remember, later in the show, there's going to be a special guest. So tonight's game is going to be by, uh, we're going to play some NBA 2K20. We're going to play the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Atlanta Hawks and kind of putting it on my life in basketball. Um, we're going to see how this goes because this Atlanta team looks a lot better than this Memphis team. We're going to dial it in, but I went in and picked Memphis's throwback uniforms for Vancouver. I'm going to skip this. I can't wait to skip 2K TV. That's okay. We're fine. All right, so here we are jumping in. We're going to take on Trey Young with a 91 rating, the young one that it is. Um, we're going to talk some NBA a little bit later in the show, but we are going to go jump in. Get who Someone's going to guard Trey Young. Auto, anyways. Uh, to our podcast listeners out there, thanks for coming out. But we're out here. Look at that. Downtown Memphis. I've actually been to Memphis. I haven't been to Graceland, but I've been to Memphis. It was a uh, it was a good time. So, warm it. Ah, oh, they got the Grizzlies court. Look at it. Well, let's coach. They're wearing the shorts, the teal shorts. So those of you who don't know, the Vancouver Grizzlies originally started as an expansion team for the NBA in Vancouver, Canada, the same time as the Toronto Raptors. Vancouver did not have as strong of management, was not as good, did not do well, and got, the, got a new owner who said, I'm going to keep it in Vancouver, and then moved it. There's a really good sports documentary online about it. Um, but it broke my heart as a kid because I actually used to get to go to a lot of Grizzlies games. And I was a very big supporter of the team, even though we were a mediocre NBA team. I always remember going in the mid-90s to watch Michael Jordan and the Bulls play the Grizzlies. And my dad and I had a, a bet that night. And like, I would get a, a video game if the Grizzlies won by so, if the Grizzlies lost by so many points. And did they ever. And Jay Morant is going to get some, we're going to air this up. We're going to lay it in. All right, so we're going to talk about the first thing on everyone's mind in the sports world, and that, of course, is March Madness. What a tournament. You know, there's been some upsets. Of course, no one saw Abilene Christian coming out the way they did. No one saw um, Oral Roberts University being with contention for going to the Elite Eight, hanging out in the Sweet 16. We all say we didn't see that coming, and we were all were so blown away, but isn't that, at the end of the day... That's what makes March Madness, March Madness. No, someone get Trey Young on the lane. That's what makes March Madness, March Madness. That's what makes the tournament the tournament. That's where we sort of fall in love with it. That's where the stress of your bracket is sitting there and going, well, I didn't pay as much attention as I should have this year, but let's give this a shot. Rolled the wrong way. You know, let's try this for this time. And the foul. Um... Oh, Capella is getting the foul because of the charge. So you sit there and you say, oh, my God, this is March Madness. This is what it's going to happen. This is how amazing it is. Can you believe it? Can you believe that it happened? I'm so blown away. But this doesn't happen in a lot of other in college football. It does happen in other sports like college basketball, college baseball. Um, Shout out to Justin Gray is watching, talking about playing as the Grizzlies in NBA Jam in the 90s. Those are good times. 
I remember you couldn't be Michael Jordan when you played NBA Jam, and you could, in the arcade version, you could do like a secret code to switch Dennis Rodman's hair color to whatever color you wanted. But March Madness, um, you know, March Madness is the way that it is because of the just sort of the the parity that is basketball and sort of level playing field that that court can be. Um, football, yes, of course, we talk about UCF and their self-proclaimed national championship, and they beat Auburn. But now, of course, Auburn has fired Gus Malzahn. So in the long term, how much of a power win was that? Or was it an overweighted, overrated win to an Auburn team that was just okay? Um, so it's the love of the tournament. I like when the March Madness blows up. Of course, it frustrates me because then my, black, my bracket will blow up. Um, and it blows in half. But that's the way that it goes, and that's the beauty of it. However, there's some sort of looming questions that I want to kind of go over tonight and talk about what I think after reading some articles and looking at some stuff and what I think is going to come into the Sweet 16. The first one for me that sort of stands out there is how real is Alabama? When we say Alabama Crimson Tide, we all day long talk all the time football. Nick Saban, Bear Bryant. Recruits, Devontae Smith winning the Heisman. Just an absolute power. A monster of a program. A absolute extreme school that's just amazing at what they do. Recruits time after time. If you don't remember in 2007, when Nick Saban was announced coming to Alabama, 94,000 people went to the spring game. It's a huge fan base. And now they're a basketball team that is in the Sweet 16, won the SEC, drains threes, how good, three, not draining threes on my end, but how good truly is Alabama? Are they going to make it? Now they're getting into some real basketball competition. Yes, that was a nice play. Yes, they, I'm getting schooled here as I'm losing to computer Atlanta. Um, you know, do the threes hold out? Does the tide cool off? How real are they? That's the one thing about the tournament that always kind of blows your mind is, some teams will get exposed very quickly and will show who's really good. Just like with the upsets, to go back to that, um, every upset should be kind of like how, on paper, and mostly how it is in college football, games should be exactly what you saw happen with Houston and Cleveland State. You had um, Houston beat Cleveland State 87-56. That should be happening more often, but it doesn't. So we're going to see what does Alabama do. The other one I want to see and the big question mark I have, of course, in this round, and Connor and I have this game on our coin flip brackets, is Michigan versus Florida State. Florida State this year has done well in the ACC, um, you know, had a really good showing, led the ACC in points, some other columns, was great defensively, hands up, but wide open three. Um, yes, please, timeout. We need to do defensive adjustments. So... Florida State played against Michigan. Florida State's getting ready to play against Michigan. Florida State is known to have a great defense. Michigan has been a big favorite in the Big Ten this year. Big deal team. What are they going to do? Um, How is the game going to lay out? Does Florida State have it to beat Michigan? You say, well, Rutledge, they looked really good in the ACC. The ACC this year has been very down. Um, North Carolina got eliminated soon out of the tournament. Duke got... Um, didn't even make it into the tournament. And 
as far as it goes, nothing really huge happening there. So is Florida State looking good in a conference that was bad, or are they a real deal team? Another question we have going into the Sweet 16, along with Florida State, along with Alabama, is um, Loyola Chicago and sis the Fighting Sister Jeans. We all remember a couple years back, Loyola Chicago made a Final Four run. That was huge for them. Big Final Four run, team that came out, smaller school, you know, the power of the tournament, Cinderella story, and now they're back. Now they're back in the Sweet 16 again. Are we watching the next small school breed come up and work? The same thing that we had when we saw Wichita State rise for a while. The same thing that we had when Florida Gulf Coast was good for a couple years, even though they had a coaching change. Um, you know, the same thing about how Gonzaga is consistently a basketball power. Not all big name schools are big names on the basketball on the basketball court. So is Loyola Chicago solidifying themselves that they've found the right players and the right pieces to be more? And are they going to be are they going to be a bigger deal team? Are they going to be the next big thing? Will they be in the tournament year after year, or is it just a couple good recruiting classes, and that's sort of the direction they're going? COVID-19 has showed us, especially in the basketball world, that the way that the sport has changed is college basketball players, especially in programs with a lot of high pressure or strength of schedule, need to have um, routine. And living outside of that routine doesn't really sort of work, which is why your powers are down. And that the sort of adaptability through hard times is what helped people be successful give the example of Florida State and Alabama being successful. Loyola Chicago, we could call that starting to become consistent. Gonzaga, that's consistent. Villanova, that's consistent. Syracuse, that's consistent. Um, but it shows you in the March Madness tournament, the large point I'm trying to make is, is who is consistent? Is Alabama consistent or are they just having a one and done year? Is Florida State consistent, or are they just having a one-and-done year? Is Loyola Chicago becoming consistent where they're putting the money and the power behind it? The team that I believe right now is we're in the last 38 seconds that is holding it down it, um, is consistent is I am taking my money and the tournament that I selected in my personal bracket is I am picking the Baylor Bears. So Baylor had to go on a halt because of COVID protocols and had to stop playing games for a while, but then it took them a little bit of time to jump back in. And Baylor then, when they jumped back in, started to get some consistency to them and has shown it in their schedule in the tournament. They're handling players, just like they're handling teams that they encountered. Um, I have Baylor picked to, to go all the way. We'll definitely see how they do in their final four in their Sweet 16 game as they push their way to the Elite Eight. But college basketball has shown us, we can't let them drive the lane again. College basketball has shown us that it's all about the complete team package. So it's going to be the complete team. I still hold that Baylor's a complete team. I still say, from what I said in an earlier show that Connor and I did, if you listen back, that Oregon, um, I think, is going to struggle this weekend against USC. And with my special guest later, we will pick some games. 
but Oregon's going to struggle. As you get ready to watch Sweet 16 this weekend, the games that I think are going to be the hot ones to watch are Michigan and Florida State, as well as um, Creighton and Gonzaga. Gonzaga, of course, was undefeated all year. The Creighton Blue Jays out of uh, Nebra Omaha, Nebraska, if you didn't know where they were from or coming into play. So those two games are going to be this weekend as we go on and push to the Elite Eight as we go through what feels like a very quick March Madness. But that's the end of my first quarter, chatting up and talking about some March Madness basketball. A lot of question marks. Who's real? Who's not? Oh, we have, what's up, Vince Carter? Now you work for ESPN. I remember when in high school all we could talk about was how selfish you were on the Raptors. I digress. It's friends stream sports. We throw a little side talk in there, get a little distracted. Come back in. You have Grizzlies versus Hawks, the story of Rutledge who lived in Vancouver and moved to Georgia and still wishes the Vancouver Grizzlies were real. But, and the foul. Shooting foul. But we play as them in the throwback unis and hope for the best. All right. Coming in next, want to talk about, we're going to jump some NBA talk. So I want to talk about the top six teams. Remember, there is a 10-team. Um, <laughs> Justin Graves says, how old is Vince Carter? Like 65. He played until his, what, in his 40s? He played in the league a long time, um, with Atlanta being the last team. So much, he was old enough so much so that I know that last year in the NBA bubble, he came out and he, uh, you know, they didn't make the bubble because the bubble wasn't every team. And as he sat there, he um, he was broadcasting for ESPN. He looked like he had been broadcasting for a very long time. But he was honestly just fresh off of COVID Atlanta team to now broadcast. They get both shots. They get both points. Okay. We're down by five to the Hawks. Playing basketball and doing a podcast at the same time. We're doing this. Put it up there. Get it in there. All right. That's a bad choice. Not stopped. Get the rebound. Good job. Okay, so let's talk about some NBA basketball. So if you don't know, this year we're in the second half of the season. The All-Star break has happened. There was um, very good sort of All-Star weekend stuff happened. The big thing to think about is we're in the second half of the season. This year the playoffs are different. Normally it's eight teams on each side, you make the top eight, you make the playoffs, they play the NBA playoffs. This year, the NBA playoffs are going to be 10 teams. And then the teams 7 through 10 will have a play-in weekend to play against teams 1 through 6. Tonight, we're going to focus on who is teams 1 through 6 on both sides of the NBA. So in the West, and we're going to go 1 through 6. In the West, the standings are... The Jazz, the Suns, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. Now, we'll talk about each kind of team and share some points as we go, but I also want to share in the East. The East, you have leading the East is the 76ers with first-year Philadelphia coach Doc Rivers. Outside of the 76ers, you also have, um, hold on, driving the lane. Yes. Um, the 76ers, the Nets, the very loaded Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Charlotte Hornets, who had an unfortunate injury 
to Lonzo Ball recently. So things for the Hornets are definitely going to change. Um, so as we talk about, before we get into anything, what has happened in those top six teams on both sides, the injury bug is definitely starting to hit. Joel Embiid recently heard off a dunk play. Uh, Anthony Davis, AD, is not back yet with the Lakers. LeBron James recently had an injury. He's going to be out for the Lakers. So there's a lot of injuries that are sort of impacting. Plus, um, Lonzo Ball, who's not as big of an injury for his team as those two, although the Hornets are attempting to make a run, which is good for them. The big storyline to talk about in the East is how much the East has shifted. If you look at the East earlier this season, the names that you would hear would be like Boston would be up there. Um, and Atlanta was struggling. The Washington Wizards, while Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are still putting up crazy numbers, are not producing wins to help them get to where they need to go. So the Wizards are still very much struggling outside of the pictures. The Heat were having a tough time during the season, but have started to make a run. The Bucks are probably, in my opinion, going to settle into third. I think it's a matter of time in the East, especially with Embiid out, for the James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, now Blake Griffin, Brooklyn Nets to start taking off and leading their way to first place in the East going into the playoffs. In the West, with LeBron and AD both down, um, the Lakers are going to be kind of a question mark. You know, Will they make the playoffs? Absolutely. But you have to remember last year's LA Lakers, which when they beat the Miami Heat were like a, were like a tiger playing with its food. That was a nice green shot, by the way. We're like a tiger playing, by the way, a score updates all of our podcast listeners. It's Atlanta 30, Memphis 29, as I try to battle my way to a win. Throwback Grizzlies uniform, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on Twitch, Rutledge by himself. Special guest coming in the second half. I was saying. Um, the Lakers of old and the Lakers last time around, they definitely had um, a lot more depth. Remember, Rajon Rondo is gone. Dwight Howard is gone. Um Kyle Kuzma has not been the large, um, the large focus of what's going on in the Lakers. He's not as talked about as much as we've talked about before. You know, he's not coming up as much, and he has his moments, but he's not a big headliner player. So the big question marks are with the Lakers hurt. On um, the teams that you want to watch in the East, of course, we talked about the Nets. Blake Griffin. Uh, is adjusting to his team, and P.J. Tucker is on the Bucks. He can be defensively, he can shoot. They're getting new roles. Both things to know is that a lot of their minutes for Blake Griffin and P.J. Tucker are not with the true stars. P.J. Tucker doesn't put in a lot of minutes with Giannis. Blake Griffin's not putting in a lot of minutes with um, the big three for, um, for Brooklyn. So these were NBA trade deadline moves in the, in the middle of the trade that... These two teams were adding depth to help them become bigger. And that has been sort of the thing that Connor and I have talked about all year with Milwaukee is, okay, what are they going to do to add depth? How are they going to help Giannis? How are they going to give that piece? Because Giannis has shown he's a very, very good player. He can't carry that team by himself. Um, he has to have people around him. Wide open. Wide open three by Atlanta. 35-29, I spoke too soon. Um, we talked about Embiid out. We talked about LeBron out. The West, the team to watch, in my opinion, is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Um, Chris Ball just put up his 10,000th assist. They move the ball around, and they have climbed up 
the rankings. They were, I believe, in third place when Connor and I did our segment about them. You can find it on our YouTube channel, all about everything to do with the Phoenix Suns. So the Suns are definitely a team to be reckoned with. The Jazz are still doing very well. They're still producing a lot of points. Their offense is steady, but they don't do well with holding down the first quarter. So it's going to be to see where do the Suns and the Jazz finish in the top six as they dial their way through um, through, the, through the stretch to get to the playoffs. This top six lineup you have, I don't think you're going to change a lot, except there may be one sinker in this group on both sides, and I'm going to call out the LA Clippers. They're doing all right. They're making some moves. They're making some wins. But when they come out flat, they come out flat. And they can kind of get in some skids. And they've had to have some stop the bleeding stops. So Damian Lillard and the Blazers are really starting to put things together. Damian Lillard statistically sits up there very high on a lot of different stat points um, in the NBA. You know, when it's game time, it's game time. And he's bringing it and he's proving it. The other team to look at as we go through this NBA, someone I want to talk about that's actually on the screen is uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And as being from Georgia and knowing that the Hawks were okay and, you know, Trey Young needed some leadership, since Nate McMillan has took, taken over as their interim head coach and Connor and I broke down who we thought or who some big names were out there, um, the Hawks are 8-0. They... Are eight and zero. They're undefeated. They had to scramble for one of those wins, but the Hawks are eight and zero. Since then, they've moved up the ranks. They have gotten their way to be fifth in the league. So that is a big thing for Atlanta. Great thing to see for that team as they were looking for the really big fresh restart. Trey Young is a great talent. Um, he's a great piece to build a team around, especially with how many times. I mean, look at him go. For those on the podcast, ah, Clint Capella. Clint Capella, Trey Young to Clint Capella completely destroys me in the paint. As I clearly am starting to show that I don't know what I'm doing. But it's for the love of the game. Oh, blocked by Clint Capella. Get the rebound. Get in there. Oh, come on, guys. Finish. There we go. All right. Brendan Clark scores 37-35. So... Atlanta Hawks have been undefeated. The reason I talk so much about Clint Capella and been calling him out is he actually leads the league in, I have it written down, uh, Clint Capella leads the league in rebounds. So he's getting the ball and getting in there in the glass, crashing it in, helping feed it to Trey Young, who is a top producer for assists. So the Hawks have the pieces, and they really have a shot, and they have the youth. Not as much in college basketball, because we saw in the NBA and with the bubble, professionals can rebound differently. But what's going to go down the stretch, especially as the injury bug hits a bunch of different teams, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Lonzo Ball, as an example. As teams start to see people get hurt and they're having to go to their depth, younger teams that maybe have not suffered from injuries yet are going to start to rise to the occasion. That's why you see Miami is starting to bounce back. Atlanta's starting to bounce back. I believe that's why Miami did so well in the bubble. Is because of the fact that they had a lot of youth on their team, plus they had the right um, elder guidance. So there's a good shot that you're going to see some teams make some big moves in this tournament. Remember, top six, automatic locks, seven through ten, have to play a play-in tournament. The rest, just hope for the best in the lottery. So that's kind of my NBA talks as we're here in the last 40 seconds. Um, 
my teams that I'm going to kind of keep an eye on this year and the for the rest of the thing, if I could pick one in the West, I'm going to say that my team is the Phoenix Suns. Oh, that dunk hurt. Um, I got dunk-faced all over. The one in the West is definitely going to be the Phoenix Suns, but the team in the East to look at I am going to take is the Atlanta Hawks. New leadership, fresh start, young talent, young good talent. Um, something to be reckoned with. So I'm taking the Hawks and the Suns to both come in and be teams that you should watch going in towards as they make playoff runs. How deep they'll go in the playoffs for both of them I think is very different. I think the Suns, if they keep going the way they are, could go really deep. Um, Atlanta? I don't know. But that's our first half of game. As it's 43-39, to 39, I'm down by four. Rutledge, Friendstream Sports, Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Here, playing Throwback Grizzlies uniforms. Shout out to Justin Graves once again for coming out to visit and hang out with us tonight. Uh, shout out to everyone that came out to come out. So, as the guys at the desk talk, I'm going to do halftime hot takes. As we talk about halftime hot takes tonight, I talk about Suns and the Hawks, who I think you should watch. But I now want to talk about what team uh, do I think from each side of the coin that are not in that one through six that are not going to make the playoffs at all. This is they're in the seven through ten right now and they're going to struggle. I'm going on the west. My hot take is the Golden State Warriors. This season, even though Draymond Green came out and said he's probably one of the best defenders in the league, when they don't have uh, Steph Curry on the floor, it shows. And Steph Curry has been amazing this year. He's really done really, really well. But when they don't have him, it's a big problem. It's a big struggle. So I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. are going to have too much no Curry time and really sort of expose themselves. They are, Atlanta is killing me. 69% from the field versus my 53. Uh, in the East, who's not going to make it? I'm going to say the Boston Celtics. I think Brad Stevens pulled too many pieces. I think they have too much of a struggle. And I think they're just not going to be able to land it. Um, I don't believe that Boston's going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to have to go to the draft and they're going to have to find someone else and someone a little different. Uh, a different piece for Brad Stevens to add. But that's the way it's kind of going. So I'm saying my halftime hot take, not making the playoffs, the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Okay, there's Trey Young. Look at him. 10 points, 5 for 7. 9 minutes. That's almost. That's over a point a minute. But we're in second half, and we're going to change gears on French Street Sports. As I said, Connor is not here, so we're going to have someone else. And our special guest this evening is uh, my wife, Anna Marie. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm losing. I'm losing to this guy, number 11 on Atlanta Hawks. This is Trey Young. He's taking me to school. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so, Anna Marie. Yes. Before we talk about tonight's topic with you, I just have one question that the world needs to know. What's when that? I'm doing friend stream sports, what do you do? Um, I mind my own business. Uh, I usually sit on my phone and scroll, or I do grad school stuff. Um, yeah. just, just, or I, or I just kind of hang out. I'm just here. How does it feel to know that there's just an amateur sports broadcaster living in your house 
delivering the fresh hot takes that we do in this living room. I, I have no comment. I'm so sorry. It, I mean, I, it's fine. <laughs> this is really what marriage is like. That's what this is. <laughs> this is great. Okay, Anna Marie. So we're going to talk about sports. So you have a husband who's a deep sports fan. Yes. Well, what is your connection to sports? Um, none. <laughs> I don't. Ha I don't really care. I mean, I mean, I like baseball, um, but beyond that, uh, don't you can't really. I mean, I don't know no players. I don't really. I don't know nothing really. Um, I don't know how to play basketball, football. I just kind of watch. Um, you know, I'm I'm there for the for the camaraderie and and the snacks. The snacks. That that's my connection. I just okay. I, I'm there for the snacks. So you, if you can feed me, and 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 I can have a seat, I'm good. So what is your favorite sporting event to go to? Um, baseball games. Okay. Why baseball games? Um, because every single inning is an opportunity to get up and go get a new snack. Okay. You get a snack before you sit down. Then they say and sing, um, the Pledge of Allegiance the and national the National Anthem. And then you get to play ball. And then you get to have another snack. And then you have an opportunity to get up and walk around. And sometimes they have fun little games for you to watch in between. It's a good time. I will say I do remember having to spend a lot more money at sporting events once I figured out that you were just there for the snacks. Nothing and, wrong with it. And I was there for the love of the game. Okay. So you love snacks. And, um, you know, you do you. So we're going to talk about, and something I thought is Connor and I like to do a lot of ranking of stuff on this show. Mm -hmm. So tonight, I want to rank some snacks that you would get at a baseball game, since that's your favorite sport to go to. Um, okay. And what we're going to do is this is going to be really easy. So I'm just going to list a snack, and we're going to level them. So it's going to be levels one through five. So level one is... It's a basic snack, nothing you can really write home to. It's whatever. Level five is you would drive to the ballpark and get out of the car, and it's the first thing you get is that snack. Okay. All right. So our first one is going to be popcorn. And I mean like in that little box or that massive bucket, popcorn. Mm. And every rank can give us like a little bit of a reason. Yeah. That's like a level two snack. Okay. Um, because it's like, it's, it's, it's salty and then it gets all over your hands and you got to get napkins and then you got to get a soda because you can't just have popcorn. Like you got to have something with it cause it's so salty. Um, and then it gets all over the place sometimes, you know? So I think it's a level two snack. I know some people like popcorn and I'm probably going to get hate for this cause it's like the most popular thing to buy but i think it's just popular because it's cheap i said it okay that's fair i mean popcorn is really really good you know that that's probably it's your favorite, favorite. it's my favorite mm -hmm. but some popcorns are lower leveled because it's been in the warmer too long it's dried out well what do you rank it i rank popcorn at like i give it at a sporting event like a four if you watch them pop it while you're in line that's a five 
-hmm. but movie theater popcorn is different than stadium popcorn. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's saltier. But I love movie theater popcorn. All right, so that's popcorn. So now we're going to go and we're going to go to a classic baseball snack in two categories, and we're going to separate them. And that is um, we're going to talk about peanuts. The first one I want to do is like dry roasted peanuts. So think the ones you crack in the shell that you see three seats over in a baseball stadium, and it's all over the floor. What do you oh. rank those? Now that's a level one snack. That is, I, I have never been to a baseball or any stadium and been like, you know what I really want? Peanuts. Dry. Because it's hot. Usually when you're going to these games, it's hot. And I don't want dry. Again, it's you got to go then buy a soda in order to wash it down. So it's a level one for me. I am not all about some dry roasted. Like if I really want dry roasted peanuts, like I'm going to, to Texas Roadhouse and I'm going to go get me a steak along with it. You know, I like that. I'm not going to a baseball game to get me some dry roasted peanuts. Okay. So for me, it's a level one snack. I give it, I give peanuts a two, uh, except for that time you get part of that peanut shell in your fingernail when you're not paying attention anymore, and then it's a one. Ugh. So like, a, definitely a two. Okay, so switching on peanuts, being that we are people of the South, what about boiled peanuts? Oh, that's a level, level five for me, I'm going to say. If probably a level four and a half if I had to, but yeah, okay. definitely like four and a half if I can give it a four and a half. But yeah, level five, level four and a half. I'm also giving boiled peanuts a five, especially if they're the spicy ones. Oh no, I like them plain, but boiled. It's just it's it's just a good time. Again, you have to get a you have to usually get a drink with those because those are usually saltier than popcorn. But I'm okay with that okay. because. They're like little, like little beans. They're just so good. I uh, I remember when we went to the Tampa Bay Rays game together, and oh yeah, and you have to call them bold, b u l l e d, bold peanuts. B u l l. If you're from the south. Bold peanuts. It's not boiled peanuts. It's bold peanuts. It's definitely a twang behind it. And yeah, I have fond memories of growing up. We would, um, you know, like we would go watch church softball games and we would I would play softball and I just remember like that was there was the old Clinton gas station in Gray Georgia and it was a just they sold bold peanuts in Ziploc bags like it was someone literally made these and it was just fond memories of growing up and going to softball games and eating bold peanuts so that is probably why it's such a big level four and a half snack for me Okay. I don't have those memories, but that sounds like a health code violation nowadays. It's, it, it you in know bag. what? It builds character and immunity. <laughs> it builds immunity. We can wait on the vaccine. Gas station bowl peanuts. peanuts. Maybe. Out of someone's Ziploc bag. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We're safe in this house, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard it here first. <laughs> we are good to go. Okay. All right. So next snack we have going down. So we've talked peanuts. Now we're going to talk about one that I'm interested to get your take, and that is your stadium nachos. And to clarify for everyone, this is the simple nachos where it's just the corn chips and the cheese on the side. Where do you rank that, Anna Marie? Ugh. I, I'm really not ranking anybody high. It's like a level two for me. I like snacks. You don't like any of the snacks on those lists. No. Where's the – okay. Well, I, I know you, you've got more coming, but – 
like, okay, well, okay, two, let's say two and a half, nachos are a two and a half, only because, only because of the cheese, only because of the cheese, cool. but like, you need some other, like, why do stadiums not add other stuff to their nachos? I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know either, but the canned cheese, I mean, canned cheese on a hot dog, like a chili cheese hot dog with some canned cheese, that's good eating, but I'm with you, just these salty corn rounds and cheese is definitely I find, yeah i find myself like getting my finger and just getting all the cheese and not caring about the chips i have seen you do that yeah and i have I'm, watched people watch you do that i know i no shame in it there ain't no shame in it there ain't no shame in it there ain't no shame in it okay next snack as we go through so those are all the sort of appetizer snacks i want to get into the entree ones so this is the meat of the snacks a stadium cheeseburger wrapped in tin foil, handed to you as soon as you pay. Where are you ranking a stadium cheeseburger? Mm, does that have bacon? Yes. Does that have a tomato? Uh, you have to go get it at the snack bar on the side. So pre-COVID stadium cheeseburger. Mm, I'm going to go with a four. Cheeseburger with toppings and, and bacon. Yeah, I'm going to go with a four. Because uh, that's just, that's just, you get some mayonnaise, mustard, ketchup on that thing. That's just a good time. That's just good eating. I agree. I give it a five. I especially love it. The bun gets steamy. If you have to peel the bun off like a banana peel yeah. and put condiments on it, you take that first bite. We went to a Brave Spring training game, and I had one of those cheeseburgers, and it was good. Iconic. All right, so cheeseburgers of five. All right, next one on the on the entree list of baseball foods is hot dogs. Now, uh... I want to preface that this is – you also got to give me your thickness of your hot dog, too, when you rank it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, like, a, a one-inch thick hot dog, you know, one of them big Franks. Um, yeah, you are. No, I wouldn't go I wouldn't go with, a, like, the Frankenfurters or brats or anything. I'm talking about just, like, your ballpark Franks hot dog. Um, I'm going to go with a four on that one, you know? It's just a classic. It's easy to eat. You can have a drink in one hand. You can have a hot dog in the other hand. And you can walk to your... You know, you, you don't have to, like, it's no fuss. You put some mustard on that, uh, and some relish. That's just a good time. I'm and giving, it doesn't fill you up so much, so you can go get more snacks. I'm giving, as we had the last, like, 15 seconds of the third quarter here, I'm giving a hot dog at a baseball game a level 5 ranking. Hot dog, I like it to be, like, a thicker sausage to have some meat to it, some ketchup, mustard, relish, a cold draft Budweiser and then that's just a level five snack experience to the point that I don't even think I know what else is on the menu at a baseball park definitely rank that so those are us ranking our snacks can I give some honorable mentions give some honorable snack mentions Anna Marie as we transition to the fourth quarter dipping dots dipping dots dipping dots no if there's a dipping dot stand I'm going for it I don't care if they're like nine dollars for an ounce I'm going for it Dippin' Dots is, I'm giving that a one because you look at it and you're like, oh, Dippin' Dots. This should be great. No, it's not. It's frostbitten ice cream that when it melts, it's just a puddle of just frostbite. Who hurt you? Dippin' Dots. <laughs> also, another honorable mention is cotton candy. It's cotton candy. I'm sure Stadium I'm... cotton candy. Okay. Uh, Justin out there, I know you're watching. You mentioned boiled peanuts, but give us your favorite stadium snack. Drop it in the comments for us. Justin Graves is watching the show right now. 
Okay, so now we're going to go and we're going to do this next thing as we play the fourth quarter. So Anna Marie has this amazing talent that I've never been able to understand. Anna Marie can predict properly the results of a basketball game or a football game or a baseball game, any sporting event, like Biff Tannen did in Back to the Future 2. I don't know if you have a sports almanac from the years like 2010 to 2000 and whatever this marriage declines at, uh, 2025, uh-oh. Uh, but there's some ability that Anna Marie can see the names of some teams, maybe some, not even some stats, maybe just read them off of a napkin or watch like two snaps of a football game and say such and such is gonna win. And then when you get about halfway through the sporting event, that team will start to dominate and she'll go, okay, they're winning. Can we change the channel now? Can we watch such and such? Can we do something else? Can we watch WandaVision? And it's just, it has blown my mind for our entire relationship. How do you do this? I'll never tell. There's a sports almanac in this house. I am going to find it. <laughs> you better get ready. I'm going to start ripping out the drywall. <laughs> I'm going to turn into Sunny in Philadelphia with Pablo, Pablo Silvia. <laughs> Pablo Silvia doesn't exist. He does exist. He just no one's been getting their mail. I go to Carol NHR. Carol NHR is not there. I'm just saying. I think you hype me up so so well, and I just I just randomly pick things. I don't know what to tell you, man. Well, you know what? I've I'm done with this randomly picking and getting it right. So we're putting it to the test live here on Twitch Tuesday eight o'clock. Friends stream sports. Are you ready? Yeah, let's put a disclaimer out there. Uh, to anyone who's sports betting, uh, please do not go with my picks. <laughs> no, take her picks. I didn't listen to her when we were in Reno. I could have won more money. We you, that's paid true. Her. You didn't listen to me when we went to to, to Reno and uh, did that. So, so Mm-mm-mm. all right, I'm going to burn through this timeout. This is... I mean, I'm not saying I'm always right. Most of but the time. I'm pretty close. <laughs> the last time you were, like, here's a good example, everyone. So going into the LSU-Clemson championship game, I told Anna Marie, I said, I really think Clemson is a shot to win. And she goes, you know, LSU. And, of course, Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers absolutely dominated Clemson that night. And I had a feeling Trevor Lawrence, Dabo Sweeney, everyone was going to do it. And they absolutely tore everyone to pieces. Anna Marie had not watched a Clemson or LSU football game all year. I don't even know who you just, I don't even know who you just said. Yeah. Like, to, let's, like, let's be honest. Like, you just said some names, and I'm just like, I don't know who that is. Right. And that's, and that's the difference. So, ready? It's, it's enough talk. Let's put rubber to the road. For the love of God, someone stop Trey Young. Um, okay, here we go. This weekend is the next round of the March Madness basketball tournament for college basketball. Mm -hmm. They call it the Sweet 16 because there's going to be 16 games. I'm going to give you the team, and then I'm going to give you just the seeding. What's that mean? Where they were ready, where they were prepared in the tournament, like okay. where they were placed. Okay. And then if you want, I can give you some background facts if you need it. My defense yeah. has Swiss cheese in it. Can we call a timeout? I'm calling a timeout. Um. And then I'm going to give you some a little bit of information if I have to, but we'll go from there. So the first game is the number one, and there's multiple number one seeds because there's four brackets in the tournament. The first game is the number one Baylor Bears versus the number five seeded Villanova. Baylor. Baylor. Any reason why? Um, It was one of the colleges I applied for uh, when I was 
going for my stuff. And so, yeah, Baylor. Okay. There's literally no reason. <laughs> this is literally how this works. I am also going to take Baylor to beat Villanova. Okay. But Baylor's been a very consistent team. They do very, very well. They, they're my personal favorite to win the tournament. Okay. Next is number three, Arkansas, like the Arkansas Razorbacks of the SEC, versus small school, number 15 seed, Oral Roberts University, who has upset two big programs, being Florida and Ohio State. Mm, we're going to go with Arkansas on that one. Okay. I just, you can't go from 15 to 3. Even if you upset, you know, it's kind of like Georgia Southern beat Florida, you know, that one time. It's like, that was one time. Good for you. Okay. They did it two times. They beat some higher seed teams twice, but all right. Anna Marie is taking Arkansas. You heard it here first. I am also actually... I have to take Arkansas. I'm not going to disagree with a lot of your picks here. We'll see where we go. But <laughs> just going to mirror every pick. <laughs> I am, no, I am taking Arkansas on the same reason I think Oral Roberts has done well. But, you know, if they if they win this game, they won't win their next one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Loyola, Chicago, which is a small school in Chicago. It's a Catholic school what? Uh, against Oregon State University. Mm. Number eight, Loyola. Number 12, Oregon State. Loyola. Any reason why? Because it looks like Crayola. It's good talk. It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm actually also going Loyola because I believe Loyola is evolving into our next power in college basketball. Oregon State is not as good. They won the conference in a bad conference. These get a little <laughs> dicey later. Continue, please. I don't even know why we're doing a podcast. This is just real life now. Um, hey, I got a trophy. All right. Next, we have our last, uh, our next game is Syracuse, number 11 seeded Syracuse versus the number two Houston Cougars. What's, what's Syracuse? What's their, where are they? They are in Syracuse, New York. They're known as the Big Orange. Mm. Let's go with Houston on this. You're going with Houston? Yeah. You're just picking the higher seeded team. No, 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 no. Houston, it's a it's a it's the place to move to. If you're thinking about making a change and and looking into some some nice real estate, Houston's where it's at, man, not New York. I'm actually going to take Syracuse with the upset here. I know Houston was a big pre-favorite to win, but I am taking Syracuse. The Cuse is on the loose. And they usually are very consistent in tournament performance. So Ooh. I am going with... Oh! He missed that dunk. Come on. You got to get that. Okay. So those are all the games that are going to be on this Saturday. So now we're going to go through and we're going to talk about Sunday's games. Number one, Gonzaga versus number five, Creighton. The Creighton Blue Jays. They're out of Omaha, Nebraska. Say it one more time. Number one, Gonzaga versus number five, Creighton. Both are small basketball-focused schools. Creighton. You're going well, Creighton. Creighton. Why Creighton? Because it's just fun to say. Creighton. It's like an insult. You Creighton, you. I think the dog just groaned. I think so, too. I really think the dog... <laughs> The dog just gave you the same treatment as like a as like a little kid on like a like a TikTok. 
when they see their parents dancing, like the to, to rap songs, or the mom getting down to like the the scoop. There it is, commercial. I'm just saying, it literally sounds like Cretan. It just sounds like something that would like. There's a movie or something. It's like you little Cretan. Anyway. Okay, I'm not gonna go Cretan. Okay, you don't number have to. Number one seated. Number one seated Gonzaga was undefeated this year and is been a big overall favorite for the tournament. They're too cocky. I think they will take down Creighton. Okay. Uh, next game, because there's four games on Saturday. We have the number six University of Southern California Trojans versus the number seven Oregon Ducks. Oh, we're going with the Oregon Ducks. Quack, quack. They're, just called, they're called the Ducks. Trojans? Whatever. What are they, high school? No. Who's called the Ducks? We're going with the Ducks. They, you got to have a really, you got to be real confident to go play for the Ducks, is all I'm saying. When you're called the Ducks. Most people actually go play for Oregon because the founder of Nike went to Oregon. So they usually have really cool uniforms and athletic facilities because they have a lot of money behind it. Their football team was also pretty good for a couple of years. And uh, they're just a nationally known school for athletics. So that's what draws people to Oregon. I like them because they're called the Ducks. Okay. I am going with USC, with Southern California in this. They have one of the higher profile players in the entire NCAA tournament. They were better than the Oregon Ducks in the same in all of the regular season because they played in the same conference. So this is very much, even though it's a tournament game, it's two teams playing against each other that are from the same conference. They're used to seeing each other. Definitely have a feeling about um, Southern California taking it. Okay, two games left to go. This is a big one. This is my big pick for game to watch this weekend. It is... Um, the number one seeded Michigan Wolverines versus the number four seeded Florida State Seminoles. Who is your pick? Hmm. Say it one more time. Michigan? Like the Michigan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Versus Florida State. Hmm. Like F-L-O-R-I-D-A, Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. Um, well, there's been a lot of people from Michigan recently coming down, visiting Florida. So how good could Michigan be if they all want to come to Florida? So let's just, we're going to say Florida. Okay. You're going to say Florida State, Florida not State. Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah. Okay. Florida State with the upset. Yeah. Okay. I am this one. I'm going to say... The big obvious pick, which I'm taking, is Michigan because uh, Michigan's been a big preseason favorite. I know in our coin flip brackets, Connor and I have Florida State going fairly deep based off what the coin has. I know Connor would love to see Florida State go well. They were good in the ACC, but kind of as I talked earlier, um, while good in the ACC, that doesn't mean much this year. The ACC has not been the power conference that we've wanted it to be. So I am feeling that Florida State will lose, uh, Michigan will prevail. Okay. All right, last game for the Sweet 16, your pick. This is going to be 
the number 11 UCLA Golden Bears or Golden Bruins versus the number two seeded Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. Mm, well, let's go. Let's go with the South on this one. We're we're gonna say Alabama. You do know Alabama's never been this good at basketball, except for like this year. Well, no, no, I don't know that, but now I do. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we're just gonna go with the South. It's the South. Gotta stay loyal to the South. I once again am actually gonna side with you here. I believe. Um, I have a feeling as well as I'm gonna support that. I do believe it's gonna be uh, Alabama. UCLA, while they were an 11 seed, they've had a pretty good path to get there. They are just not that good. Or I think Alabama is going to stay consistent, and they're going to still do whatever they need to do. So I have a feeling it's going to be you're very much going to see Alabama kind of take it. We're going to focus on Trey Young. Okay, so those are all of our games. For you betting people out there, Anna Marie has spoken. <laughs> this means that these are the games that are going to win. I have spoken. She has spoken. As we are here in the last 30 seconds, I have a five-point win, five-point lead over Atlanta. 25 seconds to go. I get the ball back. They're probably going to call a timeout once I inbound it. All right. So. Yeah. I've only been to one basketball game in my life. That's true. What bas uh, tell us about your one basketball game experience. The one and only basketball basketball game I went to was at Georgia Southern. Um, it was a game for, I think, breast cancer uh, or something like that. I just remember we all had to wear pink. And it was a required event that I had to go to um, for my sorority. And I remember just going there and sitting as high up in the rafters as we could. Uh, and just talking the whole time, and that was the one and only basketball game I've ever been to. For you were there. I was there. For those, to clarify this, Georgia Southern University has an event called Pack the House in Pink. Oh, that's what it was. Pack the House in Pink is a game dedicated to support of breast cancer research where they make a lot of money at Georgia Southern to support local breast cancer research. Um, Anna Marie's sorority was supporting it, which is why she had to go. The game that Anna Marie is talking about that she was at was actually one of the top five most attended basketball games at Hanner Field House since we had attended college because her entire sorority went. How many girls were in 5U when you were in it? 100 or so. 100 girls, I think like 100 or so. That's a lot of people, plus all yeah. the normal people that came. There was lots of people in pink. I wore pink. I had to borrow a shirt from my roommate because I didn't have a pink shirt at the time. For the record, our sorority color was pink, so it wasn't like a struggle to get wear pink for me. Right, you had tons of pink. <laughs> you should ask me for a shirt. I would have given you one. We, Yeah, I don't think I would have fit into your shirts at the time. Oh, okay. I was a, I was a much different sized man. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> yeah, you were a different sized man. Okay. So to clarify for you what's going on is because I am winning... To extend the clock, basketball teams will put fouls on other teams in order to extend the clock. However, I've gotten a lot better at my free throw shots, so I'm just extending my lead as Atlanta tries not to lose. 
Okay, 18.5 seconds to go. So, um, basketball in the Sweet 16. I will say, are you excited about going to soccer games this year? Um, not really. Should I be? They have good snacks. Good. That's good. What kind of snacks? They do tacos. They do, like, sausage stations. They have different chicken fingers. Chicken uh, fingers. How could we forget chicken fingers in our ranking? Where do you rank chicken fingers? Okay, chicken fingers, level 5 snack. 100% a level 5 snack. I'm going with a level 3 because, oh. and here's why. I love chicken fingers. I love chicken. I, You know I love chicken mm-hmm. in all forms. Chicken fingers, it's very hit and miss of your breading to chicken. Some places you get chicken fingers like... Let's say Culver's, for example. There's breading, but there's a lot of chicken inside that breading. Or you could have um, another example could be you could go get bad chicken fingers. It's that weird, crispy, almost fried shrimp breading. But it is not a good finger experience. There's no chicken in it. They pounded that thing flat to save money. So chicken fingers to me is level three. Now, if I see a good meaty piece of chicken, like a public chicken finger in the window, I'm all in. All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Anna Marie, being our You're special welcome. guest. You're some welcome. Ranking some snacks, talking yeah. up some stuff. So that's Anna Marie. I don't Marie. have much to say, but, you know, I'm here. You're here. Ranking well, snacks. Knowing what I know. Ranking snacks. Well, as it goes, we're going to skip that interview because it was loud. But I won against Vancouver Grizzlies. Felt good. Anna Marie came out, ranked some snacks. Uh, as we close this episode of Friends Stream Sports, thank you for everyone coming out. Big thank you to Justin Graves for coming out and watching. Justin Graves! But we're glad we had people come out and watch the episode tonight. Thank you for Anna Marie for coming and joining us. Um, I last want to say that our last pick, since we picked all of the Sweet 16, is to um, also want to talk about this week the Bristol-Tennessee race is going to be the dirt race. So as we do the dirt race this week, uh, the NASCAR poll. Who's going to be the poll for the Food City Dirt Race in Bristol? I am so excited. The fact that they've added dirt. There's some great stats on NASCAR.com. Um, who's going to win the poll for this? So my choice is actually going to be Kevin Harvick. reason I'm going to say Kevin Harvick is this is the first time while a bunch of these NASCAR drivers in their young youth would have done dirt series races and had the dirt series experience. I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick because this is going to come down to who is going to be the driver that's going to have the grit to handle that car. Um, and put it out there. I think Kevin is probably one of the better drivers right now in NASCAR. So my poll, my poll series pick is Kevin Harvick. Um, thanks for coming out. Friend Stream Sports, 8 o'clock. Please follow us on Twitch. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Please check out our channel. Thank you for all your support. Uh, well, Connor will be back next week. And for tonight, I'm Rutledge. And have a great night.